This episode of In the Word on the Go is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. The CSB strives to be both accurate and readable, with the goal of more people reading the Bible every day. I like it because whether you've grown up around the Bible or not, you can use it for deep study or for daily reading. To learn more, visit csbible.com. This is In the Word on the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word on the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today, I'm welcoming Joel Mutamale. Joel serves as Director for Theology for Proverbs 31 Ministries, which is led by Lisa Turkhurst. He's also a PhD student in theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Joel is originally from Chicago, and aside from discussing theology, he loves talking about Chicago sports and Chicago-style deep-dish pizza. Joel, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Hey, Champ. I'm so glad to, to be on here with you. Thank you. Absolutely. Joel, what verse do you want to talk about today? Yeah, you know, the very first verse that came to mind when you asked me this question definitely is found in the book of Acts. It's Acts chapter 17. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Paul and Silas. They find themselves in Thessalonica and Paul finds himself on the Areopagus. Let's just read it. Acts 17, uh, verse 26. Paul says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. So if you were to paraphrase that verse, Joel, how would you put that into your own words? Yeah, I would say um, God took every person from every nationality, ethnicity, uh, skin color, cultural background, and the places that they live, that they sing, that they play, that they cry in, um, that God has literally picked them up and placed them um, in those boundaries of existence, not just geographically, um, but also within the context of history. And it's not by coincidence. So this verse isn't just about theology. This is about what God is doing in the world today. Absolutely. So why this verse? You could have picked any verse in the Bible. Why did you pick this verse, Joel? Why is it important to you? Yeah, I mean, I think if I were honest with you, Champ, uh, one of the challenges throughout my life has always felt like, is this the right place for me, for my life, for my family, Mm -hmm. for my situations? I've been in doubt uh, when it comes to taking ministry positions, school assignments. I mean, even when I was getting ready to get to propose to my wife and just wondering, like, is this what God has for me? And one of the things that I've, I love about these couple of verses, um, and, I, and it goes on further in verse 27, it says that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him, is that it answers those doubts with the sovereignty and providence of who God is, that we have no reason to doubt nor fear because God Himself has an intentional plan and a purpose for our lives, so much so that He has picked and ordained and chosen these particular boundaries and the historical time marks that we should live in our existence so that we could come to know him greater. Wow. So from a verse right in the middle of Acts that maybe we could have just read right over, this verse speaks to our everyday existence and the reason why we live. 
So Joel, I'm going to read this verse again, but before I do that, what do we need to know about this verse? Any kind of background or the setting, the context? Yeah, absolutely. Context is king. Context is key. Champ, you and I have been are in our doctoral studies together, and so we learn about the importance in our in our studies about the historical and cultural context. And for this one is that Paul, uh, he finds himself in this place called the Areopagus. It's a place where philosophers, leaders, people would sit around. I think about sitting around in Bible college my freshman or sophomore year with my friends, thinking that we have all the answers to church planting and ministry, right? Like, uh, we just kind of know it all, but we're very young. And so here are all these philosophers, people talking about the meaning of life and why they're there and what the purpose of their existence is. And Paul comes across an altar, the, an altar that, that was uh, inscribed for the unknown God. And these people were, were fearful. Well, what if, what if we offend? They were polytheistic in nature. They served and worshiped many gods. And they're like, man, what if we worshiped a God that doesn't have a name? We don't know their name. And we get offend that God. And so I love what Paul does. He actually takes their cultural context. He calls it out and he says, hey, this unknown name, this unknown God that you have, he's got a name and he's not unknown. He's actually very known and he's known through all of creation. And he basically gives them now the truth that this is the one true God of all of creation. And so that's kind of that that historical cultural backdrop that we find ourselves in. So speaking to a culture that is full of its own idols yeah. and pursuing its own gods, not the one true God, this is what Paul says to them. I'm reading Acts 17, 26. I'm going to read out of the Christian Standard Bible. Here's what it says. From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. So if you're thinking about this verse, Joel, what does it teach us about what our God is like? I think that it teaches his, how personable he is. I think it's easy for us to think of a God who is big and mighty, who's majestic, who's supreme and sovereign, all of those things. Yet, sadly, sometimes for us, maybe this is just me. Sometimes I think that God is so big that he has no need to interact within the context of human everyday life. But what this passage tells me about the character and the nature of God is that God loves humanity so much so that he has a very particular purpose for them, that he would reach into human history in order to, in a sense, orchestrate and to plan out the way that the places that we would live. And and I love that last part in verse 27, we didn't get there, but it says that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him. Champ, within Greek literature, that phrase, feel their way toward him, would refer to people who were blind or in a dark spot, and they are actually reaching out their hands, and they're trying to feel for the exit or feel for the place that they're trying to go. And this is God's acknowledgement that even though we might feel like we're in a dark humanity, that God is actually present, and his presence is there, and he's placed us in these places so that we might know him better. So our God doesn't leave us in the dark. He knows where we are. He knows our name. If you were to explain this verse to one of your boys mm -hmm. who are elementary aged right now, yeah. how would you explain it to them? I mean, I, I would, you know, my boys, uh, Liam is seven, Levi is five, turning six, and Lucas, he just celebrated his fourth birthday. We, I'm Indian, so we literally, last night, we watched Mowgli, uh, <laughs> the, uh, and it was, you know, it was just a, a great time. The boys were like, oh, he looks just like us. You know, my boys are half white and half Indian. And it's funny, this kind of concept came up and they're kind of asking questions like, how did Mowgli end up in the middle of a jungle? Hmm. Like, dad, that's so sad. He, he lost his mom and dad and they're going through this whole thing. And so if it, if, if it were me and I were talking to my boys, I would say, 
isn't God so good, boys, that what Acts 17, 26 teaches us is that that didn't happen by coincidence. And so even boys like the fact that we live in North Carolina, in this town, in this house, it's not by coincidence that God has a purpose for us to live here. And we can live out that purpose by being light in darkness, that in the same way that we will seek out and find God, now it's our responsibility to share the goodness of who God is with our friends at school and with our neighbors. And and that's kind of how I would approach it is just tie it into just the reality of our everyday life. Yeah, so God has put us where he wanted us for a reason. He has a mission for each of our lives. Mm-hmm. Joel, so would you take a moment and just pray this verse as we close for our listeners today? Yeah, Lord, um, God, I thank you for the goodness of your word. Um, God, and I thank you that uh, that in moments of our doubt, and I can just imagine different people listening from different backgrounds and different places of their life, uh, there might be questions of, Um, Am I supposed to go to this college or am I supposed to be in this particular uh, geographical location? Should I be at this workplace? Um, Should I be in this neighborhood? Should our family settle in these places that in the midst of all that we can rest assured that as we prayerfully and thoughtfully think out these decisions, we can know, Lord, that you made every man out of every nation of mankind to live out of all of the face of the earth that you have in your good sovereignty and your good hands determined and literally picked us up and placed us in the places that we live. Uh, And God, we thank you that in that we can know your goodness. We love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joel. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. This episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.